Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed... Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count for your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. This is Lee Habib, and this is Our American Stories, and we tell stories about everything here on this show including yours, send them to OurAmericanStories.com. That's OurAmericanStories.com. They're some of our favorites. And today, all show long, we're celebrating Veterans Day. And we bring you next a story from our regular contributor, Ann Claire. Ann lives in Washington, and today she shares with us a bit of Veterans Day history and what some of the symbols of this day mean. Take it away, Ann.
103 years ago, World War I ended. The armistice that brought about the end of the First World War went into effect in 1918 on November 11th at 11 a.m. Now, several nations still mark this day and use it as a chance to remember not only the huge historical event of the armistice being signed, but also to remember all of the sacrifices that took place before. In places like Canada and Britain, it is known as Remembrance Day. In the United States, it's had a couple of names. Up until 1954, we recognized it as Armistice Day, primarily a day set aside to honor veterans of World War I. But in 1954, after World War II had sent millions of other Americans into service, and after we'd also been involved in conflicts in Korea, President Eisenhower signed off to change the name of the holiday, and now all of our calendars are marked on the 11th of November with the words Veterans Day. People observe this day and honor those who serve in various ways, through ceremonies, through moments of silence. The original concept was for a day that would be celebrated with parades and public meetings. Symbols also are used in the celebration and remembrance. Uh, One notable symbol is the red poppy, which came into prominence as a symbol of veterans during World War I, largely due to a poem by John McRae in Flanders Fields. Another symbol that came about during the years of World War One, that was used to recognize those who served and those who sacrificed were Blue Star and Gold Star banners. Now, this tradition was one that I hadn't actually seen evidence of for quite some time until not too long ago when my family was driving through the town of Bremerton, Washington. While some towns I've visited have flower baskets or decorative banners of some kind hanging from the light posts on the streets, when I took the exit into Bremerton, I noticed that on the poles there were white banners hanging instead. Each banner said at the top, Bremerton proudly salutes, and underneath this was a large blue star followed by the name of a member of the armed forces and the name of the person or group that had sponsored this banner. While I had some recollection of just what banners like this signified, seeing them inspired some research. The Blue Star banners actually date back to 1917. The design was patented by Robert L. Kaiser. Kaiser was a veteran himself, and he had two sons who were serving overseas. These banners became very popular with families during the First World War because they were a way of remembering their family members who were serving far away. Each family's banner would bear one blue star for each family member serving in the armed forces. 
These banners would be put on display, decorating windows of the family home. They were a way to show others what their family was going through, but also to show that their loved ones, though far away, were not forgotten. Now, as we drove farther down the road into Bremerton, several banners hung bearing gold stars rather than blue. In 1918, President Woodrow Wilson approved the practice of mothers who had lost a child to war adding a gold star to their black mourning armband. The stars on these banners also took on a new significance. Families who had lost loved ones to war added gold stars over the top of the blue on their family's banner to mark this ultimate sacrifice. These banners continued to be popular through World War I and increased in popularity during the Second World War. However, in the following decades, they kind of fell off in popularity during the wars in Korea and Vietnam. More recently, however, they've received increased interest, especially since 9-11. And that's where Bremerton's use of these banners uh, comes into play. I appreciate this reminder as we were driving along, and I appreciate the chance to see these banners, both for the chance they gave me to explain their significance to my children, and also for the reminder to just stop and appreciate, even just for a moment, our hard-won freedoms, and to thank God for those who've sacrificed to preserve them. And great work, as always, by Monty Montgomery on the piece, the production, and the storytelling. And a special thanks to Anne Claire, who does so much good work for us. And my goodness, what she said at the end was just perfect. Uh, Just stop and take a moment and appreciate our hard-won freedoms and those who sacrificed to preserve them. We try to do that on this show regularly. But on Veterans Day, well, we do it all show long. When we come back, more Stories of Veterans Day here on Our American Story. Folks, if you love the stories we tell about this great country, and especially the stories of America's rich past, know that all of our stories about American history, from war to innovation, culture, and faith, are brought to us by the great folks at Hillsdale College, a place where students study all the things that are beautiful in life and all the things that are good in life. And if you can't get to Hillsdale, Hillsdale will come to you with their free and terrific online courses. Go to hillsdale.edu to learn more. And we return to our American stories and our Veterans Day special all show long. We're honoring those who served and serve our great country. Up next, a story from Vince Benedetto, a friend and a veteran and founder, president and CEO of Bold Gold Media Group, which owns and operates radio stations throughout Pennsylvania and New York. Today, Vince shares with us the story 
of who he considers to be America's first true superhero. Take it away, Vince. Over the past several years, I've been invited to be the Veterans Day speaker at area public high schools and middle schools throughout Northeast Pennsylvania. As a graduate of the Air Force Academy and a former Air Force captain and OSI special agent, I'm frequently asked to speak at events honoring our military. However, speaking to teenagers is an altogether different and terrifying experience. During more typical speaking engagements, the audience are there to hear what I have to say specifically. Speaking at a high school, well, they have to be there. One's thoughts immediately go to how to say things differently to them, in a way that will connect, keep their attention, and hopefully illuminate something that will contribute to their lives during their most formidable years. In my most recent remarks, I decided to go big, to challenge the very notions, whatever they may be, of why they should even care at all about our veterans. Preceding my remarks, and to set the mood, I asked that a short clip from Ronald Reagan's first inaugural address be played. It's the part where the newly sworn-in president is essentially giving his audience a tour of the Washington Mall. He's pointing out the major monuments representing the giants from our history. Standing here, one faces a magnificent vista. At the end of this open mall are those shrines to the giants on whose shoulders we stand. Directly in front of me, a monument to a monumental man, George Washington, father of our country. A man of humility who came to greatness reluctantly. Those to Washington, to Jefferson, and to Lincoln. But shortly after, he turns his attention to those, quote, sloping hills just beyond, you know, to Arlington National Cemetery. With its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses, or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. From amongst those thousands upon thousands of white markers, he resurrects the story of Martin Treptow. Under one such marker lies a young man who left his job in a small town barber shop in 1917 to go to France with the famed Rainbow Division. There on the Western Front, he was killed trying to carry a message between battalions under heavy artillery fire. On his person was found a diary under the words, My Pledge. Martin had written these words. America must win this war. Therefore, I will work, I will save, I will sacrifice, I will endure. I will fight cheerfully and do my utmost as if the issue of the whole struggle depended on me alone. Strikingly, during this tender moment of his remarks and in front of the whole world, Reagan's voice cracks as he's fighting back tears during the telling of this remarkable young hero. So upon the completion of this clip, the hundreds of teens in the audience are paying attention. Some even have some tears in their eyes, along with nearly all of the teachers in attendance. Now that I feel the mood has been set, it's my turn to begin my Veterans Day remarks. And 
I ask them some blunt questions that surprise them. I ask, why do we celebrate our military and our veterans? Why do you even care that I am a veteran? And for that matter, why do we honor and celebrate Armed Forces Day and Memorial Day? I probe them for some audience participation and a few hands go up. Some of the students answer with, quote, they serve their country. Quote, our military protects our freedom and freedom isn't free. And I'm pleased with these responses as they are all excellent answers to my questions. I then ask another question. I ask, who here has seen an American soldier in uniform? Every hand in the room goes up, every single one. I ask, well, what did you feel when you saw those soldiers in uniform? And I I kind of prod them to to shout out some answers. And some, some said pride, patriotism, safety. I proceed with my line of questioning. So I say, who here has seen an American soldier and felt afraid? Not one hand goes up. But I I prod them a little more. I say, no one? I mean, our soldiers are very powerful people. They are trained to fight. They have guns. No one here has ever felt fear in their hearts upon seeing a uniform American soldier. And still not one hand was raised. And at that moment, I tell them, I said, this, this is why we celebrate Veterans Day. This is why we celebrate our military in America. And I share with them that in much of the world, people do not celebrate their military. They fear it. In much of the world, the military is viewed as a tool of the government to oppress them, not to serve them. I tell them that in order to understand all this, we need to have a short American history lesson. I ask them to imagine the world as it was on July 3rd, 1776. At this time, everyone alive on the planet lived under some form of a dictatorship. But on July 4th, 1776, it all changed. Suddenly, Americans had declared their independence. More importantly, Americans had declared that they were free. However, this still did not fully answer the question of why we do not fear our military in America. To understand this, I told them, we would have to turn to a person who is often considered our first American soldier and a real-life superhero, George Washington. So Washington, in 1775, having been appointed as the commander-in-chief of the Continental Army, and I reminded them, this is an army that for the most part didn't even exist at that moment, had the enormous task of building and leading a fighting force against the British Empire, the most powerful military force in the world at that time. As I began to share with them the story of General George Washington, On the screen behind me was an image of Washington's command flag during the American Revolution. As an early testament to his brilliant leadership instincts, the flag has 13 equally sized six-pointed white stars against the blue field. Washington well understood the parochial and rivalrous mindset of those who would now need to unite under seemingly impossible odds. In the 18th century, most Americans never traveled outside of their city, let alone their state, I told them. His battle flag did not represent him. It represented them. As a soldier in this new army under this bold Virginian, as they marched into battle behind him, whether you were from a small state or one of the large states, you knew that one of those stars on his flag represented you and your home. I asked these young kids, I said, to further try and imagine something else. To imagine that after the war, 
Having won our independence, George Washington was now one of the most famous people in the world. Throughout not only Britain, but also the halls of Europe, it was assumed that Washington would now become a king in America. This was just the way it always had been. The general of the victorious army becomes the new ruler. It was, of course, assumed by King George III, who reportedly believed that the Americans were merely changing, quote, one King George for another. The king, having learned that Washington was to resign his commission and return to his home at Mount Vernon, believed Washington was the greatest man in the world and the greatest character of the age. And when we come back, more from Vince Benedetto, his Veterans Day story here on Our American Stories. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. 
Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the campaign moment right now, wherever you're listening. And we return to Our American Stories and our Veterans Day special. When we last left off, Vince Benedetto was tasked with telling a group of school students why we respect and love our veterans here in this country. Heck, why we celebrate Veterans Day at all. He mentioned that to understand why, we have to look back to who, and that's to George Washington. Let's continue with the story. I then asked the students to travel with me in their minds to another moment and place in time in the final days of the Revolutionary War, to Newburgh, New York, 1783. The new nation was financially struggling and the Congress was unable to meet its payment obligations to the Continental Army. This was leading to severe unrest amongst the officers and soldiers. A plan was actually hatched among some high-ranking officers to use the military to take over or threaten the government until their demands were met. However, one indispensable man would stand in their way, George Washington. Learning of the growing plans within his army, Washington called for a meeting of his officers at their headquarters in Newburgh. Washington indicated that he would not himself be in attendance, essentially deferring to the commander below him. General Horatio Gates, therefore, started off the meeting, feeding into the growing frenzy for hostile action against the Congress. Suddenly, General Washington walked into the room and took command of the events in progress. Many of the officers had not seen the general for some time. They noticed that he had aged, and the general then did something profound. He explained to them that this was the moment at the end of the war where their example was most important. Washington told them they were men of honor, and this precious moment would require their greatest patriotism and virtue. In essence, this was their ultimate test. Washington then assured them he was working on their behalf to resolve their grievances. He pulled a letter from Congress out of his vest. He began to read it to them, but his eyesight was failing him, and he was struggling to see the letter. Perhaps sensing his officers noticed this moment of vulnerability, he paused. He then reached into his pocket and pulled out his eyeglasses. The general then looked solemnly at his military family and said to them, Gentlemen, you must pardon me, for I have not only grown gray, but almost blind in service to my country. By all accounts, at that very moment, the coup was over. There were tears in the eyes of his officers. 
They loved their general, and Washington, who himself had sacrificed so much and who had at all times had placed the principles for which they fought above himself, was holding true. And his example at that moment became their example. Once again, Washington had saved the revolution. Later that same year, Washington would do what the whole of the world doubted would ever have been done. On December 23, 1783, one of the greatest days in recorded history, General George Washington, the most popular and powerful person in the United States, resigned his commission before the Continental Congress and returned to his home at Mount Vernon. The world was stunned. This had not and does not happen. Until now. Of course, this would not even be the last time Washington would willingly walk away from power. When he later went on to be our first president, the rulers of other nations again assumed he would serve until his death. But once again, Washington defied the forces of history and of human nature, and after his second term, he stepped away and retired again to his beloved Mount Vernon. Sensing that the students were gaining a new respect for their history and the father of our country, I desired to make some final points about what underlines this sense of trust and love that Americans have for our veterans. I shared with them that every American who joins our armed forces takes an oath. Of course, taking an oath prior to joining a military is not all that special, but the oath we take to join the American military is very, very different. I explained to them that in our oath, our soldiers do something quite peculiar. We swear an oath not to the president or the government and not even to the country itself. We swear an oath to a certain thing, the Constitution. I pointed out the historical significance and beauty of swearing to, quote, support and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic. Again, we as Americans sense and feel that our military is not to be feared, but loved. For they are a powerful force that represents our rights. As Americans, our sense that government serves the people and not the other way around is commonplace. But I had to tell them, throughout most of the world and throughout almost all of history, this was not the case. What we have here in America is quite miraculous. And all of this would not be if not for George Washington. It was George Washington who defied the way of things. It was George Washington who enabled the feeling that our military represents the entirety of the nation. It was George Washington who started the tradition of the military being subservient to the people's elected civilian representatives. It was George Washington who had unwavering fidelity to representative government and our eventual constitutional order. It was George Washington who successfully was able to help the American people transfer their love and trust in him into faithfulness to our Constitution and its principles. It was George Washington who said, quote, The Constitution is the guide which I never will abandon. It was George Washington who, more than any other American, was able to get the people to begin to look beyond their parochial visions and to think continentally as a union. It was George Washington who showed us the virtue of the powerful being the servants of the people and not the other way around. Upon Washington's death, John Adams wrote, quote, His example is now complete, and it will teach wisdom and virtue to magistrates, citizens, and men, not only in the present age, 
but in future generations, as long as our history shall be read. It was always Washington. He was America's rock upon which our nation could be built. He is America's real-life superhero. So why do we honor and celebrate our veterans and our military? I pose this question to them again. We celebrate them because they have fought and stand ready to fight, not just to defend us here and now, the living, but also for all future generations. They defend our important traditions and customs that must go on if individual liberty is to go on. We honor our veterans because they signed on the dotted line to defend with their very lives if necessary the idea that, as Abraham Lincoln said in his Gettysburg Address, government of the people, by the people, and for the people shall not perish from the earth. And it is true that without America, the world would be a very, very dark place. Without the American soldier, without our veterans, civilization, at least civilizations we know it, would have perished. The light of individual liberty would have long since been extinguished. It has frequently been remarked, I told them, that the words of Thomas Jefferson would mean little without the sword of George Washington. Stated similarly, all of the words of liberty, freedom, and American exceptionalism would not be without the heroes who defended it all. And every person who joins the American Armed Forces takes that oath, and they become part of the long, unbroken line of military service in America that began with George Washington to today. We can trace it all back to our real-life superhero, George Washington. And a special thanks to Monty Montgomery for producing the piece, a Hillsdale graduate and a proud one. And a special thanks to Vince Benedetto, who built the Hillsdale radio station. And if you're ever in central Michigan, visit Hillsdale College. You will be so impressed. And today we celebrate, as Vince put it, the long, unbroken line of civilian military service and heroism to defend freedom, not just here, but across the globe. Our Veterans Day special continues here on Our American Stories. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.
Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. This is Our American Stories, and we love to tell stories about American history, sometimes about people you know, events you know, and we try to fill in the rest of the story of those stories. Or... Sometimes there are stories you've never heard of, and they're some of our favorites. Here is the story of the youngest non-commissioned officer in Army history told to us by storyteller and writer Kristen O'Donnell Tubb. I first learned about the amazing John Clem when my publisher, Macmillan Children's Books, approached me to write a story for a new historical fiction series they were developing. The series was called Based on a True Story and they'd compiled a list of a few of the true American heroes that they wanted to highlight. John Clem was on that list. When I did a quick Google search for him, I knew his story was the one I wanted to write. John Lincoln Clem was born John Joseph Clem in Newark, Ohio on August 13, 1851. When he was nine years old, his mother was killed by a train. Later that same year, John became so enamored with the idea of restoring the divided Union, he volunteered his services to Captain Leonidas McDougall of the 3rd Ohio Union Regiment. Years later, he said laughingly, My help was obviously needed. Captain McDougall laughed at this offer from a nine-year-old boy, saying, I'm not enlisting infants, son. 
Johnny Clem's father wisely refused to let his nine-year-old enlist, so Johnny concocted a plan. He told his brother Lewis and sister Lizzie that he was skipping church to swim in the canal, but instead, Johnny stowed away on a train. Now, John was discovered quite quickly and was put on the next train home, but his father, in the meantime, believed his son had drowned. It's unclear whether they had already dredged the canal for his body. When he arrived back home, but you can just imagine the heap of trouble Johnny was in. But young John Clem couldn't resist the call to aid the Union. So again, on May twenty fourth, eighteen sixty one, Johnny hid on an outgoing train. This second time, the boy made it all the way to Covington, Kentucky, where many Union troops mustered. Johnny was quickly adopted as a mascot and was paid thirteen dollars a month by the other soldiers in his regiment out of their pockets. He was also given a uniform and a drum. John's whereabouts for the next several months are a bit of a mystery since he wasn't officially enlisted. The next time we hear of John, it's in Tennessee. At the Battle of Shiloh on April sixth and seventh, eighteen sixty-two, John says he was ordered by General Ulysses S. Grant himself to play a drum call known as the Long Roll, also called the Advance, without stopping. It was an aggressive tactic. According to several accounts, General Grant praised Johnny's bravery during that battle. Clem says. At Shiloh, my drum was smashed by a fragment of shell. They called me Johnny Shiloh for a while. After that, at the ripe old age of twelve, John Clem fought at the Battle of Chickamauga on the Tennessee-Georgia border on September nineteenth and twentieth, eighteen sixty-three. He was still small, so he fought with a sawed-off musket. Just prior to the battle, Clem was officially enlisted as a sergeant by General George Henry Thomas. John was disappointed with the rank, asking Thomas, "General, is that all you're going to make me?" When asked why he traded in his drum for a rifle, Clem replied, "Because I did not like to stand and be shot at without shooting back." At the Battle of Chickamauga. Twelve-year-old Clem injured a Confederate colonel when the colonel demanded Clem surrender. Clem ultimately survived the Battle of Chickamauga by playing possum. I decided that the best policy was to fall dead for the moment, and so I did. Clem later wrote. He continued, "I lay dead until after dark, when I came alive again and managed to find my way to Chattanooga." John Clem was captured shortly after Chickamauga. He later wrote, "A few days after the Battle of Chickamauga, I was captured. It was at this period that I was exhibited by Confederate General Joe Wheeler as the Fighting Yankee Boy." What he means by exhibited is that John Lincoln Clem became famous. 
After he arrived at his place of imprisonment, Confederate newspapers ran his photo with the headline, "The Yankees are sending their babies to fight us." Union newspapers also picked up the story, instead touting the heroism of this young drummer boy imprisoned by rebels. The story of Johnny Shiloh, as he was often called in these stories, may have close ties to the popular Civil War song "The Drummer Boy of Shiloh" by William S. Hayes. John Clem was held prisoner for two months before he was exchanged. After the Civil War. John Clem was honorably mustered out of service at the age of thirteen. He finished his schooling and then went to visit an old buddy of his, now President Ulysses S. Grant. Grant appointed Clem second lieutenant. Clem retired from the army as a major general in 1916, and was the oldest active Civil War veteran. John Lincoln Clem died. In 1937, at the age of 85, he is buried at Arlington National Cemetery. A six-foot statue of young Johnny Clem stands in Newark, Ohio. A World War II transport and hospital ship was named in his honor. A public school in Ohio is named John Clem Elementary after him, and in 1963. Walt Disney produced a made-for-TV movie called Johnny Shiloh, that detailed Clem's life. Raise your right hand, Johnny. John Lincoln Clem. Do you swear your allegiance to the United States of America? Yes, sir. You are then duly mustered into the Union Army with the rank of sergeant. Thank you, sir. And I promise I'll never let you down, sir. Late in his life, Clem wrote. War is bald, naked savagery, and he warned that boys have a quote spirit of caution that is not yet developed. And yet, Clem made a decision at age nine to heed his nation's call, and his purpose never wavered. I visit a lot of schools to discuss my books, and when we talk about John Clem, I tell elementary students this. You know, adults like to ask kids, "What do you want to be when you grow up?" I think John Clem shows us that adults should be asking, "What do you want to do with your life right now?" What a terrific story, and it is so true. War is bold, naked savagery. But that question that we ask young people, "Who are you going to be?" I think is right. It is the wrong question. Who are you now? Who are you planning to be tomorrow? Is as important a question. And these history stories told like this to young people can only inspire them. And so many people who are young have done remarkable, bold, adventurous things, and infantilizing kids is, I think, one of the things we do a little too often here in this country, and letting them know they can do great things and big things. And bold things. Well, that's what Kristen O'Donnell Tubb did with her story. And by the way, she writes under the pseudonym E. F. Abbott. She's the author of John Lincoln Clem, Civil War Drummer Boy. 
A special thanks to Kristen for lending her voice. And as always, great job by Greg Hengler. The story of John Clem, Johnny Shiloh, here on Our American Stories. Folks, if you love the stories we tell about this great country, and especially the stories of America's rich past, know that all of our stories about American history, from war to innovation, culture, and faith, are brought to us by the great folks at Hillsdale College, a place where students study all the things that are beautiful in life and all the things that are good in life. And if you can't get to Hillsdale, Hillsdale will come to you with their free and terrific online courses. Go to hillsdale.edu to learn more. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action, and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network work.